Welcome to the Hypnosis Near Me podcast. My name is Anna Duartemis. I am a certified hypnotherapist and a rapid transformational therapy practitioner. Thank you for joining me. So this is it. This is the regular podcast. We will be featuring hypnotherapists, hypnotists from around the world to discuss their practice and the many ways in which they help people overcome, enhance, improve, achieve. There are many ways in which hypnosis can help you. It can help everyone. Just open your mind to the possibilities. Allow yourself to explore those possibilities. We are hypnotherapists and hypnotists, and what is our job exactly? To help you, to guide you, and to teach you how to explore the subconscious mind to your benefit. That's all we do. We're just guides. Consider us like tour guides. <laughs> we take you into a journey inside your head. <laughs> but it's you doing all the work. We're not magicians. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Make no mistake about it. Without a shadow of a doubt, it is you doing all of the work, your unconscious mind. We're only here to guide you. Today we will be discussing Crohn's disease. Our first official guest specializes in helping people overcome Crohn's disease irritable bowel syndrome, and ulcerative colitis. Kind of hard to say that one. Ulcerative colitis. How about if I just call it UC? Save myself the humiliation. Those tongue twisters. <laughs> and if this is the first time joining me, I have a bit of a sense of humor. You get to meet parts of my subconscious mind <laughs> constantly bombarding me with all kinds of chatter. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. I like to have fun. So let's have some fun. There's lots to talk about today. We will be discussing, as I said, Crohn's disease. So let's meet our first guest and let's begin the podcast right now. Crohn's disease is a chronic inflammatory bowel disease. It primarily affects the gastrointestinal tract it causes inflammation, ulcers, and other complications in the digestive system. In the United States alone, there are over 780,000 people suffering from Crohn's disease. Our first guest is a certified consulting hypnotist and transformational life coach. Daniel Ferraro is originally from Italy. He now resides in Southern California. His specialized area of practice is in IBD, Crohn's disease, and other issues of the gut. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. Thank you so much. I'm very good. Thank you. You're in beautiful San Diego. It is very beautiful. Yes. I'm jealous. Yes, I love it. I'm jealous. It's one of my favorite places in the whole world. It must be really nice down there right now after all this rain we yes, had. Yes, yes. Actually, I think all year around, it's pretty nice weather here. <laughs> That's true. You cannot be California weather. I'm going to jump right in. I have a family member, and I won't name names, that suffers from IBS. 
So I've seen firsthand how it affects someone's, or how it impacts someone's entire life. It changes the mood of the person, behavior, uh, emotional states, and it can be absolutely devastating to especially a young person. Uh, you are the only certified hypnotist that I personally know of that has a solid track record in helping people overcome Crohn's disease, IBS, and UC. I imagine that perhaps part of the reason why you have such a high success rate is that you yourself suffered from Crohn's disease at one point in your life and you overcame it. Yes. And I think this is what may set you apart from other hypnotists out there that help people overcome illnesses. Having lived through it yourself, you surely have, you're surely more sensitive to your client's pain and suffering. Totally. There's no doubt about that. Another interesting fact about you, Daniel, and your philosophy is that you are a strong supporter of the concept of taking responsibility for one's own well-being and self-healing. Yes. Given your own experience with this awful disease, how does one engage in the process of self-healing? Thank you for this question. So as we know, we all have models, right? We have uh, models of uh, the world, like maps of the territory, right? We can uh, say that each model that we use we can value it for how uh, useful it is, right? And the model that uh, I've been using, uh, been uh, discovering and creating myself, is based on the fact that the symptoms are just a messenger. So the symptoms are not seen anymore as something to fight, something to uh, downsize, or something to control or eliminate, because the symptoms are just like the fire alarm. If I can use this analogy, this metaphor. Of course, if there is a fire alarm in the house or in the building, we don't want to just shut it off. We want to check if there is an actual fire, and then we want to uh, shut it off. But going back to the symptoms, they are basically just telling us that there is something that we need to change. That's a very important message coming from the symptom. And that's something that unfortunately... <clears throat> Most of us also as hypnotists are not very familiar with this concept, right? Because the symptom is just the result of physiological processes that are uh, positive and natural that the body undergoes when we went through certain uh, emotional experiences, both consciously and also mostly unconsciously, right? So going back to metaphor, if I know of the lion, if I know that I'm living in, a, in an area in which I can... Uh, easily encounter lions or if I'm in Florida and I like to hike and go in nature and I know that I can run into an alligator instead of going to the risk of going to fly fries or freeze response every time maybe I should uh, train myself to uh, you know defend myself from the alligator you know maybe buy a gun and know how to use it you know so in the end the symptom is telling us to learn something learn a new learn new skills to manage those situations that uh, get us into our, these emotional states that we cannot control and that eventually manifest in symptoms. I don't know if I was able to explain myself in just these few sentences. Absolutely. And I love how you refer to this as the body sending us messages. In a previous conversation, we talked about your own healing journey 
and the importance of taking an integrated approach to managing the symptoms. Uh, the model that you've created, that, uh, that you yourself use to heal, is an integrated model that manages symptoms. Um, and, and this, of course, includes managing the pain. As hypnotists, we know very well that pain makes one much more suggestible, probably more so than shock or fear. You teach your clients about this. Yes, because uh, when we are experiencing the symptoms, that's especially true for IBD, but also other symptoms, but I focus on IBD, Crohn's or cerebral colitis. What happens is that not only we are suffering, maybe, right? We are in pain or we have lots of frequencies or we have symptoms that can be, you know, scary, like uh, Crohn's disease, you know, there is a loss of blood in the stool. So, but on top of that, as we know, we are all conditioned to be even more afraid of the symptoms by our culture, by our family too, you know, like when a little kid falls down, they don't immediately cry and are desperate about it, right? No, well, that just depends on the kid. The parents, if the parent, <laughs> if if the the parent, parent is hysterical, yeah, if the then... parent is hysterical, then they learn to freak out too. If the parent yes. is like, "Oh, you're fine," you know, uh, focusing on 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 the bad side, on on the cause, to shift into the right. solution. Okay, this happened. How can I fix it? Mm. And this brings me into the power of belief, because as a child, of course, if you scrape your knee. All you need is, is a kiss from mom and, and the pain goes away. But here you have adults most of the time that are dealing with uh, being told that Crohn's disease is incurable. Totally. How, how do you get them to believe that they're going to get well? Or do they come to you already knowing that they're going to get well? Again, the incurable disease is because it comes from the model of conventional medicine approach, which uh, uh, is... It's a great, I mean, we have, we got so much progress because of conventional medicine. I call conventional medicine modern medicine. And uh, there is also limitation, like in any model, right? So it's not that they, they are the owner of the truth. It's great uh, uh, progress and great success that the conventional medicine achieved with the, okay, we need to congratulate them because they have been able to help us so much, right? Because if there is a car accident, I do need emergency care right yet there is in ibd also they keep on saying that it's not curable but they don't really even know what the cause is what absolutely shocking they can, they can just say oh it can be this it can be this it can be stress with stress there is as you know there is a thousand different type of stress right stress is not negative in itself it's just a response and so Imagine that there is all this information that we're given that are mostly negative, right? And uh, what happens is that when we are suffering, when we're in pain, when we're in, or when we're in shock, or not even necessarily in shock because of uh, something major, we're emotionally charged, right? As you know, we are very suggestionable. Right, and pain makes you very, very suggestible, more so than fear or shock. So in those moments, that's when... <laughs> we should refocus on the solution, on the positive. And that's why it's important to have an integrated approach because if I, I need to learn how to manage my symptoms because even if I consciously tell myself, oh, you know, it's my body is just doing something because I'm going through something emotionally or, or there's been this 
special physiological program that my body is going through. I'm, I'm still suffering. I'm still in pain. So I do need to learn how to manage my symptoms so that if, as a simple example, if I am having symptoms, uh, digestive, uh, digestive issues, uh, I do need to be careful about what I put in my body. So the integrated approach, that the model uh, that you've developed, it does involve the power of belief and a little common sense. The power of belief is more so along the lines of don't believe what you hear or what you've been told. Rather, choose to believe that your body can heal, but also help your body heal by taking responsibility for what you put into your body. Yes, your responsibility also be just being smart. I mean, there is certain uh, beverages or certain foods that are very impactful for our guts. So if I'm having an inflammation, a strong inflammation in my gut, I, don't, I want to avoid those foods, first of all, right? And then I also want to look at what actually is beneficial for me to eat. I want to roll it back for a moment and talk a little bit more about conditioning. It's a very real thing. We are constantly being conditioned, as you said, by our families, our parents, our culture. I mean, I always say by the governments and the media. <laughs> it's very real. And our doctors, very few people are aware of this. And like all other forms of conditioning, this too is very real. And it impacts us on a very deep subconscious level. What's the deal with doctors unwittingly conditioning us. Doctors are unconsciously great hypnotists. But for example, uh, my colleague in Italy, Natale Petti, was able to create a, a course in which he was educating doctors on how to talk uh, correctly to the patient, especially in the ER. When somebody is in shock, you need to talk to them positively. You need to tell them everything is going to be fine. Even if they're in, in a major uh, car accident or, or anything, right? So that's the knowledge that we need to have. Uh, and Mike Mandel is very good in pointing this out. And he gives this example, I'm quoting him, he gives an example that basically he was in the emergency room because he was having a systemic reaction to, a, I think it was a wasp or a bee uh, sting. And then he's still in a shock state. And then the doctor comes with all the best intention in the world because the doctor most of them, if not all of them, we can say 99% have good intention, but they don't know about how to talk. So the doctor comes to him and says, oh, take this uh, pen because next time it's going to be faster and worse when another bee is going to sting you. And, and he had to work with another hypnotist to reprogram this negative uh, condition he got from the doctor. We did, I think, a few sessions too. Because even if you're a hypnotist or a trainer hypnotist, we are all suggestionable. Of course. When you have somebody that's in shock or fear, give them a suggestion, it's going to go right in. It goes right right in, yes. Freddie Jackwin uses that technique a lot. He teaches it as well. It's purely Ericksonian, but he's remastered it. And that is to create an emotion and then you give, give a, a suggestion. suggestion. Yes. That yes. is really powerful stuff. And you have something similar to that, but you call it creating ecological goals. One of the things that I suggest my, my coaching clients and my clients is that just, you know, uh, create ecological goals, but also create this 
uh, empowering statements, you know, empowering questions or, or you know, re, you know, positive statements about what we want, our goals, and who we are, and maybe take a little note, a little notebook, and bring it with us. And then uh, when we are getting emotional for whatever reason, that's the best time to read those statements and reprogram ourselves. Emotions. Yes. I want to talk about emotions for a bit, and how or if they contribute, in your opinion, to these conditions. Um, I've had clients that come to me. They come to me for issues that are not at all related to the to issues of the gut. And it turns out, usually, that they have uh, a lot of repressed anger, or they have fears, hostility, mainly fear, fear and then anger. And then it surfaces that they have constipation, IBS, or other issues uh, of the gut. In your opinion, how big of a role does fear, or even anger, play in the development, in the development of Crohn's, IBS, or other issues of the gut? So, um, there is a biochemistry of fear and a biochemistry of love, to simplify, right? So, when we are experiencing fear and anger and hatred or upsetness or all those negative emotions, they are meaningful and they have the right to exist because they're supposed to wake us up from something we need to change, right? And we need to listen to them acknowledge them and transform them okay but still when we're experiencing this emotion and we all know that we can get addicted even to emotions we are triggering this biochemistry as Candace Pert uh, showed in her work she used to uh, she was able to show that when we experience this emotion there are these neuropeptides and uh, hormones and there is uh, this cascade of actual physical substances that our body and our brain produces and these are mostly pro-inflammatory. Again, they could bring us in the fight, flight, or free response. There is a specific cocktail of uh, uh, neuropeptides and, and neurotransmitters and, and hormones and substances that our brain and our body produces for each type of emotion that we experience. But there is the negative side, we can say, and then there is the positive side. As we all know, when we're in love with someone or with something or what we do, right? We have, we feel good. Why? Because all this positive emotion, being in love, being com being uh, compassionate, being in joy, being happy, that creates the positive uh, cascade of neuropeptides, hormones, and neurotransmitters in our brain and in our body. The emotions are very important, and we need to be aware of how the mind and the body are basically just one unit. Maybe we should just find a new word that encompasses both of them. I agree. <laughs> because there is no separation, right? None whatsoever. And you'd think we'd get it by now as a civilization. I mean, scientists, philosophers, shaman, they've been saying this to us for aeons, hoping we'd get it. You're either a Spinozist or not a philosopher at all. For every effect, there's a definite cause. We are one. Everything, yes, is connected. The physical, the emotional, our environment, the planet, the stars. <laughs> We're all stardust, essentially. There's no need to look at this as something otherworldly or even mystical. It's beautiful, elegant, and simple. You have a toxic thought, you're gonna release 
a cocktail of toxic chemicals into your bloodstream. Fuck around and find out. Like you were talking about earlier, the cocktail of neuropeptides. Thoughts are chemicals. Yes. And when you realize you're a walking Petri dish, you kind of want to start creating these new sort of thought strategies. <laughs> yes. And uh, we are not educated on this because... Is something probably something that we just need to self-educate. But our body is the result of, if you think about it, of billions of years of, of evolution of life on this planet, and is super intelligent. Is not is actually the contrary where we've been told that our body is going to break down, we're going to age, we're going to get older, and we're going to stop uh, functioning properly. I mean, yes, there is, you know. Uh, Life, there is a birth and a death. Life cycles. It's a cycle, as you said. It's all about what we focus upon, what we believe consciously and unconsciously. As an example, if I believe that I'm going to get older, I'm going to, uh, when I get older, I'm going to have less, uh, I'm going to be able to do less things, I'm going to, my body's going to perform less. That belief in itself, what is that going to do? It's going to reinforce the negative belief. It's just going to reinforce everything. It's like a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. It's all about believing. If I don't even believe that I can do something, that if I don't even believe that I can run a marathon, why do I even go out and train every day to run the marathon? So in the same way, if I don't believe that I can self-feel from Crohn's or colitis and IBD, why do I even engage in working with somebody like me and, uh, and my colleague and, and other people that are doing this that are going to guide us to this transformation process? The symptom is asking us to create a transformation in our life. We need to transform. I transform myself. I'm like in a different timeline. And I cannot even recognize the way it used to be when I was used to have the, the symptoms because I'm a totally different person now. That's fascinating. And that's what my, my symptoms were, were asking me to do. And actually, it's even more fascinating because probably you're aware of the ego state theory too, right? Right. But I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that don't know what this theory is. And it is incredibly interesting. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell us about it? What's your, what's your take on it? Uh, we all have different ego states. Even Candaspert talks about how certain symptoms can appear and disappear in a matter of minutes by us just shifting to an ego state from another. They were able to, to, to verify that uh, when you're in ego state and you're having certain type of personality uh, traits, we can say, you know, or you are get, you get emotional about certain things, then you're going you're gonna to experience certain symptoms. And when you're in a different ego state, you, you, are, you aren't. And it's interesting how you relate this theory uh, to your own experience and, and, and shifting timelines. Um, because shifting timelines, although it sounds like it, it's not hocus pocus. <laughs> Some quantum sorcery, perhaps, but it's entirely possible. And it does involve the power of belief to a great extent, along with changing your stance, your posture, your attitude, your thoughts, and even your breathing can cause subtle shifts. Again, it's a matter of learning the skills of, as you said very, very nicely, as you said, you know, with the changing our breathing, you know, changing our posture, changing the word that we use when we talk to others and when we talk to ourselves. The question that we ask ourselves and others, because if I ask myself stupid question, 
I'm gonna get stupid, stupid answers, answers. <laughs> right? Right. If I ask myself empowering intelligent question, I'm going to get empowering intelligent answer because our brain, our mind is is just meant to give us answers. You have all the answers right there between your ears. Pause for a moment and consider your miraculous brain or your perfectly engineered body. You were literally born ready, like plug and play, equipped with everything you would ever need to get you through an entire lifetime. The subconscious mind has the answers to even your greatest problem. It can come up with wonderfully creative, clever solutions. You have a wise inner intelligence and an abundance of resources to help you overcome any challenge, be it physical, mental, or emotional. Understanding how your beautiful brain works, taking responsibility for your own well-being, and developing a rapport with your subconscious mind is the key to connecting with your inherent divinity. There is a divine consciousness which we can no longer afford to ignore. It has nothing to do with religion, or any other type of man-made belief system that was designed to divide humanity. It is what unites humanity. It is science, it is love, and all that is nature. Maybe we are by design, and maybe we were created in the image of a god, or perhaps we evolved. Nobody can say for certain. But there is one thing we cannot deny, and that is that there exists a life force that makes all of this possible and that same force permeates in every cell of our bodies as above so below as within so without it's us from the mind but also we need to create the practical change if we just say suck in the mind and then uh, and then we don't we live uh, in a totally, totally not consistent way you know i can talk in a way but also i need to walk my talk right as we say you have to walk the walk and talk the talk if you want to get well so simple so hypnotherapy is experiencing a, a, a renaissance, even though uh, it's, it's a very old practice. It's been around for what, four or 5,000 years. Some say much longer than that, going as far back as the, uh, as the ancient Sumerians. Yet it only resurfaced in the late 1700s, early 1800s with Mesmer. That's where Mesmerize comes from. We're in 2023, going into 2024. It's taken this long for our civilization to, I want to say, re-embrace alternative healing. And it seems like hypnosis is on the coattails of it all. It's been used by elitists for a very long time. Some of the greatest athletes use hypnosis to this day. I mean, I can go down a, a massive list, which I'm not going to do, but I will mention that Einstein was known to frequently practice self-hypnosis, hence apparently his discovery of the theory of relativity. Hypnotherapy is common practice in some parts of the world, especially in the UK, and in some European countries, like France, there is a hypnotherapist in every hospital. But in America... <laughs> We're still working on demystifying hypnosis and re-educating the public about its therapeutic benefits. Yet despite all of the scientific evidence proving that it works wonders, despite years of clinical research and all of our collective effort, 
a large majority still question the power of their own subconscious mind, or they're just not ready for it. If you ask any person on the street if they know what hypnotherapy is, most of them will describe uh, being subjected to some sort of mind control, or they'll relate it to stage hypnosis. Many people are downright afraid of it. And this brings me to my question. I've been building up to the question because issues of the gut like IBS uh, and Crohn's is a global problem. I'm sure there are millions of people out there from all over the world looking for alternative ways to help stop Crohn's disease. What has been your experience with public perception of hypnosis in relation to treating Crohn's, UC, and IBS? You know, I've been wanting to... um and I'm also working on my communication and marketing strategies because I want to help people overcome these IBD issues. But I also notice that some people are just not ready to hear this, unfortunately, because, as you were saying, because if I go into a Facebook group in which it's it's about Crohn's disease or cerebral colitis or IBD or any of this, and they just are in a conventional approach. And I just tell them that, you know, I've been achieving results with my clients and and with with myself, and there is hope. And I just say that. And then they come and look at my profile, and they say, say, I'm a hypnotist, and they say, oh, that's a bunch of (laughs) BS, right? Because (laughs) they 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 are so close-minded. It's not even worth, worth to talk with them. Does it make sense? Unfortunately, at this point. Yes, people are afraid of what they don't understand. (laughs) Famous words. Uh, And this is what I was saying and asking, actually. So the answer is yes, you have to deal with pretty much the same challenge that all hypnotists and hypnotherapists have to deal with. And that is uh, helping people to understand what it is and, more importantly, what it is not. I personally don't bother with people that need to be convinced. If you're going to come see me, that means you've already done your homework. You've already done the research you know that it works and you're ready to start working with your subconscious mind. And I'm going to be there 100% to help you through it. The truth is hypnosis has been marred by stage hypnosis. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, they, most people, that's how they associate hypnotherapy. They think you're going to put them in some sort of spell or, you know, control their mind. <laughs> that's what they think. But in all fairness, uh, stage hypnotists have kept this practice relevant to a certain degree. I'm not a big fan of what they do, um, but it it is what it is. And uh, they're here to stay, unfortunately. So we have to work much harder to help people uh, understand what it is not and that it's not the same thing. And, And I think we need to focus on the people that are ready uh, to embrace it and uh, those people that are ready to explore this method of healing, which is extremely powerful and effective. It's not that I don't want to um, talk or offer this to everybody. I would love to. It's just that I noticed that, as as we know, people need to be a threshold. The cool thing is that hypnosis is is very empowering because it's very effective in creating changes, right? When I was still six, six, six years ago, right, I was still having symptoms. I was, I was, I was really dreaming because I knew I had the knowledge and the belief that I needed to heal myself. And I was really dreaming that I was going to bring this to other hypnotists and to the world if there, whoever is open to is open to this. So, the new empowering thing is that 
when there is a problem, in this case, the problem is the symptoms, right? We also need to be a threshold to understand that something needs to change. It has to be me, it has to be now. And instead, unfortunately, or fortunately, or maybe it's just a stage that everybody needs to go through, right? We are just told that the solution is up there, right? Because you have a symptoms, what should you do? You should, you should get, get a pill, you know? You should go get something from the outside, which is, can, be, yeah, it can be helpful. Helpful and sometimes necessary. You have to take your meds, right? Right, because we want to manage the symptom, okay? We want to minimize the symptom. Yes, some people are ready to hear this and to engage, and some people are not because they just are looking for somebody to fix them. Like if somebody comes to you and uh, they ask you to fix them because you're a hypnotist, how, how likely are you to work with them? <laughs> no, very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. Yeah. Well, I'm very selective about the clients I take on. Uh, if it's out of scope, if somebody came to me with IBS tomorrow, I would immediately call you, Daniel, and refer them out to you. That's number one. Number two, people think that you're going to snap your fingers and you're going to fix them. And that's not how hypnosis works. Obviously, we can't fix people like that. Uh, that's just a misconception. That comes from the stage hypnosis. That comes from Hollywood. You know, that comes that's from right. just, you know. That's and, right. But again, as you said, just said, like, even when the person thinks that it was us fixing them, it's because there is a, there is, they had that belief to start. Gut bacteria. I hear a lot about this for the past couple of years. Good, bad. There are supplements. Hypnosis, as you know, can be used to manipulate gut bacteria. What's your opinion on this? Uh, whether it's good or bad, what's your opinion on this, Daniel? Um, so to me, uh, I go beyond uh, this question because to me there is not uh, um, good uh, bacteria and bad bacteria. There is just processes. There is just uh, biological activation, we can call them. And uh, that's what that's what I focus upon, right? I I'm not gonna focus on like I have this trust in the intelligence of the body. Almost, in a way, it can be called like a, maybe a little bit mystical, okay? But if I I'm not gonna work on uh, creating the um, on wanting to create the positive and uh, the good bacteria. Because the good bacteria or the bad bacteria is there just as a result of an emotional process or, or, um, or a, we can say emotional, we can say a biological activation because of something that we need to transform in our life. So again, I want to go back to uh, understanding where this person needs to create the transformation and then guiding them to the transformation. Okay, and then if there is good bacteria that get to be uh, produced, that's just a side effect. So again, even the, the disappearance of the symptoms themselves is just a consequence of the transformation once it, it, it has been achieved. That's something that um, I keep on wanting to reiterate and, and point out. We Even when people um, think that they understand the, this new model that I'm offering them, they keep on saying, oh, yes, but I want my life back. Oh, yes, but I want, uh, just don't want to have the symptoms anymore. And that's the old paradigm. 
the new paradigm is that the symptom is there because you need to look into something to your life that you haven't been able to see evidently right and you need to find what it is that you need to of course with a coach is easier right because you you have different point of view so you need to find where you need to read the change and then uh you can even do it on, on your own i mean i did it on my own like right other people did it on their i mean i had a coach too so i recognize that having a coach having a guide having somebody that supports you it is very important during the process because it's not necessarily always easy when you're having the symptoms and uh, again it's all about creating a transformation so as you said, uh, we have all tendencies. People with Crohn's disease or with osteoarthritis, colitis, they have the, one of the to-go uh, ways is to get upset, okay? Or to get angry, okay? Because this is not fair or why are they doing this to me? As you know, this is a language that is basically is a victim mentality, right? Somebody else is doing something to me, I'm just the victim. And instead, it's about shifting that. Like, this is happening because is there something I can do about it? Is there something I can control? I need to control it. Then I, I work on it. If there's something that I cannot control, I just change environment. Like, it's like we, we also need to learn from nature. If you look at uh, wild animals, for example, birds, when a bird is in a situation or a wild animal situation, environmental situation that they don't like what do they do they fly away they just fly away of course <laughs> they change right. they change their no, 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 but sometimes it's can be difficult for people to remove themselves from an unpleasant situation right when we feel yeah. stuck right so yeah perhaps if you can't remove yourself physically from a bad situation perhaps just shift your state of mind and i think that's what you do you give your clients the tools to do that to get out of those looping thoughts. Yes, of course. Out of, those, um, out of that victim mentality, which is so prevalent in today's society, especially among young people. Of course. I, I find that whole biological activation and emotional process fascinating because you do have to get them to completely shift their state of mind. I mean, to change the gut biome in order to rid the body of that illness, you have to get them to trust their body because it's a result of an emotional process. It's what's happening. It's, it's biological, right? And the gut biome will adjust according to the mental state. It's a biological activation. And again, the thing that I want to underline is that it's not even a... It's, I don't even like, call, like to call it illnesses and disease. Because those are just yes. messages... Yes, you're right. ...from the body... Yeah, how should we call them then? messages okay. it's messages. just a message it's just a message and we can even go a little bit more into the spiritual like imagine that uh you know we all came here for a reason each one of us to do something right and so if we're if we are good in what we came here to do then things work out right and then sometimes we get obstacles we get stuck and then we might get symptoms. So if there was actually a higher self, I like to call and it there higher is self. A higher self. I don't think it <laughs> has any religious uh, connotation, right? If mm -hmm. my higher self, the one that decided to come here, incarnate and, and give me this, went through this experience, mm -hmm. this experience, this adventure, is seeing that, uh, you know, from a different point of view, I'm not following the, the, the path that I wanted to follow. What would be the, the way to communicate with me that I need to go back in track you know that i'm going on their own or not what i'm supposed mm. to do right um, there's something i'm making wrong 
is, if you think about it, is through the symptoms. That and the symptom is something that we actually cannot avoid listening to because I mean we can just again we can try to suppress them, we can try to get the pill, not to feel the headache, not to feel the back pain, not to feel this, not to feel that. But is that gonna work? Is that gonna create the solution in the long term? Probably not. Instead, the symptom is just telling us that we need to change something practical, very practical and very transformational. We need to be very transformational in our life, or at least in certain aspects of our life, at least. And once we do, the symptom disappears as a consequence. So this is it's just a consequence. In ECP, what people say, oh, no, but I just don't want the symptoms. Yes, but you don't want the symptoms because <laughs> you don't understand you need to get a transformation. Like, if you're still doing the same thing over and over and over and you just want the symptoms to disappear, there is something that it doesn't match. It's not right. consistent, it's right? The, it's the definition of insanity. You keep repeating the same yeah. thing. But it's, it's, it's being also being incongruent. It's like lying to yourself. It's like people that do these affirmations. I always tell my clients, affirmations alone do not work. It's like lying to yourself. You have to be congruent. Or like what we were talking about earlier, walking the walk, talking the talk. You have to be consistent. There has to be consistency. You have to take action. And yes. it has to be congruent. You have to walk the walk, talk the talk if you want to get well. And we need to learn that. So again... I like, I really like uh, when you said that we all have the resources already, but we also need to reprogram ourselves constantly. And, we, and as we know, as we know, as hypnotists, uh, we know that between zero and also in, in utero, until the age of things, we're pretty much in uh, uh, in hypnosis all the time, right? Uh, That's I right. Remember which is the level of uh, which is the beta, beta, beta level yeah. of brain waves. So basically, we are absorbing continuously everything without any critical faculty we just think that everything we're told is true mm -hmm. that's why that's why you know as we all believe in santa claus right mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true what i find most fascinating is that yes you're right we go through ages zero until nine with no critical faculty whatsoever and we drink the kool-aid day and night But it's also during the same time frame that our brain is at its most neuroplastic and our brain is absorbing so much information from zero to nine, zero to 10, zero to 12. We can learn anything more so than we ever will at any other point in our life. Our brain is at its most neuroplastic and this is its, is its most beautiful stage. This is the most beautiful stage of our brain's development. And I'm not sure if the neuroplasticity has anything to do with that gullibility that we have from zero to nine or when we don't have that critical faculty, but I just think that that's very interesting how the two are uh, at the same time. Sort of it's happening at the same time. Your, your brain is at its most malleable and its most neuroplastic at the same time you're at your most gullible. It looks like we are out of time, unfortunately. Daniel, I want to thank you for being our very first guest. It was a wonderful experience. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure um, talking to you and sharing uh, what I had to share. I hope to have you back very soon. Yes, of course. Yes, totally. 
For any of you out there that would like to get a hold of Daniel, he can be reached via his website, stopcrohnsdisease.com. We have also posted a link to both his Facebook page and his website on the description of this podcast. Daniel will also be a guest speaker at this year's HypnoThoughts in Las Vegas on Saturday, July 22nd at 9 a.m. If you are a fellow hypnotist or hypnotherapist and you are interested in collaborating with him or learning about his technique and helping your clients deal with Crohn's disease, you may want to check him out. Now, a word from our sponsor. There is no better time to become a Harvard Business Analytics programmer. Transform your perspective in just six courses with the Harvard Business Analytics program. Because the Harvard Business Analytics program is a collaboration between three schools, you will receive an educational experience that is truly one of a kind. One principal benefit, the Harvard Business School case method. The HBS case method is a hands-on first-person learning at its best and the centerpiece of Harvard's curriculum. As an HBAP student, you will learn to use tools like predictive analysis, data analytics, and artificial intelligence to improve strategy, production, marketing, and operations throughout the supply chain. Are you ready to experience the case method firsthand? Start your application today to join the next cohort. Reach out to your enrollment counselor at 617-315-6149 or visit analytics.hbs.edu for more information. And if you are a certified hypnotherapist, hypnotist, consulting hypnotist, and you would like to be on the show, I would be more than happy to have a wonderful conversation with you. There's 101 ways to reach me. I'm very accessible. Join me next week. Our guest will be Matthew Ian Bradley, a certified hypnotherapist out of France. It should be interesting. Until then, stay tuned.